We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick. If you're keeping score at home, the uh, Hardline up for today, the first hour, is going to be about Tonawanda Coke. Maybe some Huntley Power Plant. We'll be talking with folks from the Clean Air Coalition. Second hour, it's going to be all Supreme Court all the time, talking about the Kavanaugh hearings. Get uh, uh, the pre-law advisor from Canisius College, also a professor there, Bob Klump, coming in to join us. Uh, and we'll be talking by phone by uh, with uh, Kevin Daly, a former student of mine, also a former Canisius High School student. He's now the Daily Caller Supreme Court reporter down there and obviously was in on the hearings. And uh, we'll hear what he has to say. Let me begin by introducing my uh, my guest host, perhaps for the last time, uh, Bill Conrad. Uh, Bill has been uh, 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 trying to uh, start a mutiny. He's taking my guests out for breakfast, so uh, this may be... Now, uh, uh, Bill is a Tonawanda guy. Uh, he is a Ken West social studies teacher, also a member of the Tonawanda Town Board. Uh, and uh, Randy Bushover uh, uh, bills us as the Tonawanda tandem. Uh, yes, yes. yes. And, uh, I'm going. Uh, it's over Tonawanda, now. Right? Tonawanda it's, solo. It's, it's, solo. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So we'll see excited, about that. So welcome back, that. Bill. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Glad my, to be back. My other guests from the Clean Air Coalition: uh, Rebecca Newberry, the executive director. Rebecca, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good and to be here. And from the board, Emily Tirana. Emily, thank you for sitting in with us. Thank you. For L- listen, a lot going on with this Tonawanda Coke thing. Tonawanda uh, Clean Air has branched out over the years, and you're involved in a lot of projects, but it all started with Tonawanda Coke. Uh, Rebecca, can you give us a little background of, uh, you know, where the the genesis for the Clean Air Coalition? Yeah, so, uh, you know, our organization was founded by residents in Tonawanda and residents that were very concerned about their health, their quality of life, and they noticed that there were very high rates of cancer in the neighborhoods that they lived in and thought that those cancers and those illnesses were tied to the 53 industrial uh, corporations in their neighborhoods. So, you know, they went out, they did their own air sampling, their own testing. I mean, when, um, they, when, when they did their own air sampling, their own testing, I mean, I, I heard stories of coffee cans. <laughs> no, no, it didn't get that bad. <laughs> no, no. Didn't they, didn't they fill no, the, no, no, no. No, it wasn't. No, no. Is so that we actually, ur- urban legend? That, that might be. That's a good one. All right. I thought I heard that too. I Bill, haven't. Yeah. Bill, yeah. I haven't seen the way you can Bill, take air Bill, can you can. can you confirm that? I, I, mean, I, I heard a story that they were collecting air in, in coffee. Yeah, they started that, and then they got the DEC in, involved. So uh, I think what you're referring to is a uh, there's a three minute bucket sample. So right. not quite a coffee can, a little oh, bit bigger. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So something but, like that. Yeah, though. it's an Environmental Protection Agency certified device um, that would take a three minute sample to test for volatile organic compounds, and so. Folks went out into their neighborhood and, and took these samples and sent them away to a certified lab. And the sampling results that came back showed very high levels of chemicals, uh, particularly benzene, in the ambient air. And then the, they got the DEC and the EPA involved. Yeah, and one thing led to table. another. And then Tonawanda Coke ended up in court. Yeah. So there was a raid at the plant uh, in the uh, in 2010. And um, the, uh, you know, 
environmental police came in. The uh, U.S. Coast Guard raided the plant. Uh, they found significant violations um, and egregious violations. And um, later on, fast forward a couple years, uh, the U.S. courts, uh, you know, viewed this and ruled that these were, in, in fact, criminal violations of the environmental laws. And, and my understanding is it was like only the second case in the, the nation or so something? So we hear. Yeah. Uh, of, of Clean Air Act violations. Yeah, criminal. Criminal, criminal. criminal. yeah. And, and so, I mean, and to be somebody criminal, went to jail. Yeah. So yeah. somebody did. Their environmental manager their went to jail. Yeah. And, and this, this was this was a 2012, 2013 case, right? It was uh, 2013, um, and then the, the decision was in 2014, yeah. I can remember. Um, in fact, I was I was running for re-election. I was running against a, this guy from Tanawanda, this wacko from Tanawanda. Here we go again. Named, who, <laughs> who may or may who not shall be in remain, the studio. Who, who may or may not be in the studio. No, I was running against Bill Conrad, and I was uh, walking the streets of those neighborhoods around mm-hmm. uh, Tanawanda Coke. Mm-hmm. And also in the town, you know, it, it, it's just not the, the, the town of Tanawanda. It's the city of Tanawanda. It's yep. part, parts of southern tip of Grand Island. Absolutely, but you would go down these streets and you would say, you know, I heard about Tanawanda Coke and they would stand on the porch with you and they would, they would point to their neighbor's houses. They would go right down the street. Yeah. They would say cancer, 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 tumors, leukemia, this, that, that guy just died a year ago. This guy is going to die. And it was just amazing. And this didn't happen just once. It happened over and over and over again. And it just, uh, you know, you realize the severity of this thing. I was, uh, I was talking to a, uh, a the, the police chief at the time in the city of Tonawanda who was, had some health problems. He eventually died, unfortunately, an early death. But he was talking about some of the problems he's had. Right across the street from his house was one of the DEC air monitors. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's there. You could yeah. throw a stone at it. Um, and it just, uh, you, you know, you don't, you hear about these things and you don't realize the impact they have on people. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were dying from this, from this pollution. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was traced back to Tonawanda Coke. By the way, we should mention to people this, hearing about Tonawanda Coke, mm-hmm. uh, that Tonawanda Coke is not Coca-Cola. No. <laughs> no, seriously, when <laughs> I heard Tonawanda Coke, I yeah. said, oh, I'm going to give up Diet Coke and drink Pepsi. But yeah. no, it's. They actually had to put a billboard up on the, uh, the, the Coca-Cola yeah, people. Yeah, did. saying They're it's like, not yeah, us. It's not us. No, it's Tonawanda Coke. It's, it's, Coke is. Cause there is a bottle used, used in a, in yes, the there is. Yeah. Uh, off the, off the 290. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's used in the, uh, the production of steel. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so, uh, so they got, they got fined millions of dollars. Yep. Uh, one of their managers went to jail and they were put on probation. Correct. For about four, uh, five year probation, uh, in 2014. And so, you know, they were also forced to make changes, right, at the facility, which we know from Department of Environmental Conservation Air Monitors that we actually saw a 92% reduction in benzene since that 2014 decision. Um, You know, and so that's what's so worrying about this last year is, you know, the fact that they've been hit up, uh, found guilty of criminal violations, found guilty of worker safety violations, uh, They just had a death at the plant They uh, did in 2015. Yeah. 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 And so... um, and yet they still continue to violate the law. And so well, there were the the DEC cited them for 176, 179, yes. 179 violations since uh, since January. Mm-hmm. That puts them back in federal court. And we'll fast forward to this week. Uh, before I before I go to break, I just want to introduce uh, Emily uh, Tirana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily, uh, what's what's your involvement now? You live near the plant. 
Um, so I grew up near the plant, um, and so did my mother and her family. I grew up in Riverside, like mm-hmm. uh, one block away from the start of the industrial zone, but just on the city side. Um, so, and, and I've been a board member of Clean Air Coalition for. And, and has years. your neighborhood been affected? I know it. It. it, the, it it has a lot to do with the way the wind shifts from mm-hmm. time to time. I mean, uh, uh, but it has impacted uh, your neighborhood also. Yes. Very good. Listen, we have to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the most recent court case. Eventually, we'll open it up to your phone calls about Tonawanda Coke or anything uh, environmental. Uh, we have members of the Clean Air Coalition today. We have the... Uh, the current uh, temporary guest host, uh, Bill Conrad, <laughs> still here. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Okay, welcome back. Kevin Hardwick and Hardline here. Uh, guest host is uh, Bill Conrad. Uh, Rebecca Newberry and Emily Tirana from the Clean Air Coalition. Listen, before the break, we were talking about Tonawanda Coke's problems a few years ago. What happened earlier this year, 179 violations. Uh, they have a hearing before the DEC on those violations on October 10th. But because of those violations, or partly as a result of those violations, Judge Scrutiny, uh, federal district court judge, called them back into court uh, for a hearing last week to try to explain themselves. They are on probation, apparently, and this could be a violation of their probation. I was actually in that courtroom, Rebecca, as, as you were, uh, I don't know about you, but I was impressed with Judge Scretney. It's the first time I'd seen him in action. I think a federal district court judge, I think of someone in their 90s, barely, you know, barely <laughs> there. You know, it's this life tenure thing. And, and but, but by God, he was, he was focused on this. And he appreciated, I was impressed because he appreciated the gravity of this. He wants to be fair to the corporation, but he's also worried about the people. And uh, basically, he let the two sides uh, submit some briefs, exchange some briefs this past week, and tomorrow they're back in court at 2 o'clock, I believe, yes? Yep, at 2 o'clock. And and what do you want to happen then? So, um, you know, our position from our organization is that we we support the U.S. Attorney General's uh, argument to cease and desist this, this company. Uh, the violations, the level of violations and level of risk they're putting the community and workers are at um, are so egregious that, um, you know, we we think the only way to, at this point, mitigate that is a cease and desist. Which means to shut them down. Correct. Which would throw, what, 100 workers out of jobs? or So it's unclear. Yeah. Um, that, that, that part's unclear. You know, the cease and desist is for the coking, the operations, um, you know, so... We are not getting very firm numbers of actually how many people work at that facility right now. But that's but that's what they do. If they don't do that, then there's no reason for the plant to be there. It depends. I mean, you know, I think um, I think when we're looking at the type of workforce there, um, the you know there are people in most manufacturing plants that don't just do uh, the production. So, you know, when we're, again, I don't know how many people actually work just in the production. Emily, you grew up mm-hmm. near there. I assume if it were shut down, the neighbors would be happy, except there there might be a few workers over there also. Yeah, and I think that our organization and the coalition of organizations that we work with don't see workers outside of community. And so part of our demands um, and requests of the judge are to make sure that these workers that are working at the plant in whatever capacity, if in 
probably when this plant shuts down that there are funds set aside to make sure that they have continuing work um, in other industries or in other places around Tonawanda to be able to continue to provide for their families. Bill, Bill you have a have a role uh, outside of guest host uh, as Town of Tonawanda Councilman, and, sure. and after today you'll be able to spend a lot more time doing that. Of course. Um, because you won't be host, guest hosting anymore. <laughs> no, but no. anyway, yep. um, uh, you know, I know that the Tonawanda Town Council passed a resolution uh, but you know, I gotta believe Tonawanda Coke is 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 part of that industrial base. You've already been hit, and maybe later we'll talk about the Huntley plant sure. and the impact that had. I mean, you have concerns from the town standpoint of absolutely. what losing um, losing a major employer like that might absolutely. have in the, town. the first, you know, the first, and, and part of your tax base. Absolutely, the first thing that comes into mind is not only you know the the community's health, but also the health of the workers and you know the tax dollars as well. And we've gotten a lot of phone calls from residents that are upset. Uh, thinking that the town or you know the DEC or whoever is shutting them down and the impact that's going to have, I think they roughly pay about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in taxes to the county, the school district, and the town. I think the town shares about fifty thousand dollars, and uh, it's my understanding a lot of the workers there are temp workers as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple steel workers there and some others, but a lot of temp. So anyway, I'll, I'll just throw it out to the panel. You've got this tension between uh, you know, jobs on the one hand and tax money sure. and and people's health on the other and as i said when i went down there you know standing on those neighbors porches they would go right down the line and tell me about their neighbors cancer 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 right on mm-hmm. right on down the street and it's it's just scary and it, it you know so you have this this tension mm-hmm. and so do you have sympathy for what the judge is going through judge scretney is going through here because he's weighing those two things yeah i think the judge is weighing those things and i think um you know there's also this this fact that this is a historical case not just for you know the the on the ground mm-hmm. issues that we're dealing with here but this is this is as far as we're aware the first time a corporation in the United States has been held accountable for criminal violations um, under probation. And so this has an impact, a potential impact um, on the United States and how we view corporations and whether or not we put people's health and workers' health ahead of um, corporate interests. There, there was, and, and I thought, by the way, the U.S. attorney, Eric Mango, was it? Aaron. Aaron Mango. Yeah. Aaron Mango. Was, was, you know, was, was very forceful in making that exact same point. The question comes up: the the uh, the corporation Tonawanda Coke is on probation. Um, you know, if if you or I violate a probation, if we're mm-hmm. you know out on the street mm-hmm. and we violate probation, they throw us in jail. Right. What do you do with a corporation? You can't throw a corporation right. in jail. Now you can shut them down, right. which is, I guess, what uh, what the judge is deciding here. Yeah, I mean that's that's a way to stop the crime from happening. And mm-hmm. so you know, and just to be clear, this is a this company has been criminally indicted. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a criminal <laughs> act, yeah. right? And, um, you know, we're, we're not talking about a civil act. We're not talking about something that uh, would go in front, in, in this case, in front of an administrative judge. I mean, this is a criminal criminal case. We, we, we should also note that the Erie County Legislature passed a resolution this past Thursday. I introduced it along with uh, my co-sponsor, Peter Savage, chair of the legislature. I, a Republican, Peter, a Democrat. We work well together, much better than Bill and yep. I work together. Totally. Any, anyway, um, <laughs> you but, 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 but <laughs> you had a lot of input, Rebecca, into yeah. that resolution. I talked to you and you said, you said uh, you would like to move the narrative from just shutting the plant yeah. to some other things. What are those other things that made it their way into the resolution? Yeah, I mean, I think Emily spoke to this, right? So, you know, ensuring that workers are made whole, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, ensuring that they're invested in um, calling for health monitoring, you know, of, of workers, including temporary employees. Uh, we have a lot of concerns about potential waste left 
uh, if the company is forced to close. And so ensuring that there's funds uh, allocated by the company. For a site cleanup. Which also is a massive job creator. I mean, when we're looking at remedial measures, that that actually creates a lot of jobs. Yeah, if you do spend a lot of money to clean something up, someone is getting that money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, Bill, uh, you know, you've got, we've got about a minute left before the break. You've got another situation in the town of Tonawanda I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. the Huntley plant. Absolutely. And you're going through the same thing there. You know, you got to clean up that site or you may have to clean up that site. You don't know. Well, we're trying to get the company to clean up that site. And, you know, we talk about this dilemma of regulation, right? You know, you go after a company and, and you try to hold them accountable. But, uh, you know, when you have this much stuff going on, it, it certainly has an impact. But with Huntley, uh, the town right now, we're looking at, we're trying to keep jobs alive on that waterfront with uh, a raw water idea that we're going to be pushing forward. That's that's interesting. Maybe after the break, we can talk a little bit about Huntley and get into some other topics. Listen, uh, we you know, this tension between jobs and the environment, mm-hmm. people's health, Uh, I'd like to get into that with some of our listeners. If you'd like to call, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, 803-0930 is the number to call, 803-0930. In the meantime, sitting here with uh, uh, Bill Conrad of the Town of Tonawanda Town Board and Kenton School District, Emily Tirana and Rebecca Newberry of Clean Air Coalition, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here. Uh, Hardliner, as we'd like to think of it, Buffalo Bills alternative pre-game, pre-game <laughs> programming. Uh, if uh, if things sound a little bit different today, it's all Joe Beamer's fault. Uh, Joe uh, is operating on two hours of sleep because uh, what, the medication isn't working, Joe, or what? Oh, Virginia Tech had a home game. And you were there? Of course. Wow. Wow. That's dedication. So they, they've got to beat, as we talked earlier, but part of my pre-show prep is just checking on Virginia Tech, because if I don't talk to Joe and make it seem like I'm interested, uh, you know, he'll screw things up royally here. <laughs> Uh, so they got to beat Notre Dame and Miami on the schedule, right? That's the big thing. Those are the two ranked teams. Yeah, but you got to prepare every game like it's a big one. Yes, yes. Well, every game is a big one. Speaking of big games, there's a big one tomorrow in federal uh, district court at 2 o'clock. Tonawanda Coke back there. If you have uh, thoughts about Tonawanda Coke, industrial polluters, the role of government in uh, regulating these industries, uh, give us a call. Uh, That's what we're dealing with this hour, 803-0930, 803-0930, the number to call. We'd love to hear from you. Sitting here with my co-host, Bill Conrad, Tonawanda uh, Council Member, also Emily Tirana and Rebecca Newberry of the Clean Air Coalition. Uh, Emily, uh, you know, it's not just Tonawanda Coke. You live in the Riverside area. You're right on the doorstep of an industrial corridor there. Mm-hmm. Um, Tonawanda Coke is the big one, but there are other polluters there that have probably gotten your attention in the Clean Air Coalitions over the years. Yeah, there have been. And in 2013, um, there was a Department of Health study that showed really high rates of cancer in um, the town of Tonawanda going into Grand Island, and Riverside was also included in that study. And it also showed very high rates of different types of of cancer and birth defects. Um, and we know that Tonawanda Coke is a, a big player in this ecosystem mm-hmm. of the industrial zone, but there are definitely other there, ones. There, there's, there's, I mean, it is, for Erie County, it is the place for industry. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, yeah. it's the Western New York hub. Yes. You know. uh, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Newberry, we have a texture texting in uh, about something we talked about before the break. Uh, texture says, you cannot throw the corporation in jail, but you can throw the officers in jail. They should be thrown in jail immediately. Your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I mean, well, I saw you texting yeah. earlier. Was that your <laughs> I was. I texted in 12 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, well, we actually can't. Um, I mean, that's that's the challenge. That's why, you know, when when somebody forms a corporation, they form it 
to limit the liability to the officers. And so in this case, we actually can't throw the officers mm-hmm. in jail. All right. We invited phone calls uh, before the break. We've uh, got some now. 803-0930, the number to call, 803-0930. We go first to Bill in Eden. Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Hey, um, thanks. I was riding on the path that goes from, like, the Aqua Place all the way down to uh, the Grand Island Bridge. Mm-hmm. And when I got, I looked up and it's like, wow, this is the Tonawanda coal plant. And there is this awful, terrible, sweet, sickening, sweet smell. And I was wondering, is this this benzene smell or some of those other things that they talk about? Bill, Bill hold, hold on and uh, we'll keep you on. And uh, I'll let the, uh, let the members of the Clean Air Coalition, Emily and Rebecca, uh, respond. Yes. <laughs> well, there's, that's a quick <laughs> response. Um, so you, you know the smell. Yeah. It, it, and and is it is it fair to say that that was Tonawanda Coke? Could it be someone else's? I mean, it's tough to tough to distinguish between you know one factory smell and another, or or is there yeah, something I mean, distinctive there? The the sweet smell that's that's typically like the petrochemical sweet so, smell. Is so the smell. So here's the thing, Bill. So you're you're going on a bike ride along the the river there. Yeah, like a little mini segue. So so you're out there for your health. Yeah. Okay. You you understand why I say that? The irony there. Um, no, I mean, what what might he be breathing? So, I mean, what what's yeah. bad? Uh, volatile organic compounds, particularly benzene. Benzene, yeah. I mean, that's that's a known carcinogen, right? Yep. It causes leukemia, and, and and that's one of the things that Tanawana Coke was cited for in the 2013 case. Correct. Okay, Bill, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. Well, line opens up. Uh, we thank Bill for that. Uh, if you want that line, eight zero three zero nine thirty, eight zero three zero nine thirty, talking about. Uh, uh, the tension between uh, environment and jobs, uh, uh, industrial pollution, uh, again, the economy, government role in regulation. Again, 803-0930, the number to call. Uh, uh, Bill Conrad, let's get back to the Huntley plant. Sure. Um, the uh, um, Huntley plant is, well, hang on. <laughs> because, uh, uh, oh, no, no. Aww. The Bill just... <laughs> Something I think I like conflict more than you guys do. Yeah, yeah, no, I know this is this is something we we got another topic going on with the texture. Anyway, Bill, Bill, the Huntley plant. Back to the Huntley plant. Sure. Where are we with that? That was, I mean, that's been shut down for a while. It yeah. was at one time the biggest taxpayer in the town of Tonawanda. It was yeah. a big taxpayer in Erie County, and and really, who it hurt most is the school district because the school district isn't even the uh, the Kenton school district isn't even the entire town of Tonawanda because Sweet Home district as part of it so it made up just a tremendous amount of revenue for the district Mm -hmm. that was lost when the plant was shuttered and uh, we worked really hard with our our state and the clean air coalition a lot of other partners in labor and and government to uh, make a transition fund available for ourselves uh, so we can kind of slowly make changes some state money available available yes in the money money in the state uh, budget now there's also this this issue i read recently about uh, raw water for mm -hmm. some of the uh, other factories along the, as we were talking before, the uh, that Tonawana Corridor is kind of Western New York's hub for uh, industry, and uh, one of the things that uh, Energy was doing for uh, 50 years at least uh, was providing raw water for these industries. Wait, wait, when you say NRG, just for our listeners, it's N. RG, RG, not energy as no, in... No, NRG, the... Uh, National the, Resort... What? Uh, I don't even know. Okay, it. whatever. But the uh, the Huntley plant uh, was providing raw water to these industries and pumping it as kind of a bypass from the, from the river into these industries. So companies along the river would use that to, as a coolant 
uh, in their process, and then uh, and so on. Uh, so the town, uh, you know, we got word from some of the industries that uh, since they shut down, they were possibly weren't going to continue pumping. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of companies on that waterfront that rely on that pumping station. What, was the company somehow holding the uh, the the other companies hostage or the town yeah, hostage? It, you know, essentially, yeah. Uh, you know, they they kept the town in the dark about the whole situation, mm-hmm. and we were hearing from the other companies. You know, they're going to they're not going to renew this lease. You know, uh, you know, what can you do? Can you help us? And uh, we, w- we went right now, to work. Now there's. Talk- Talk about the town, or I read about the town using its power of eminent domain. Eminent mm-hmm. domain, for those of you who are unfamiliar, is, is the government's ability to say, we want your property and we're going to take it. We're going to give you fair value well, for it, but we're going to take it. And that's how you build uh, highways, bridges, uh, bridges um, um, There's a lot of talk the, the, the Erie bridge, Canal. Yeah. Obviously, the Erie Canal had to be a straight line. A highway has to be a straight sure. line, and people don't want to sell. The government can take it. It's yeah. got to compensate them fairly for it. And it's something you don't usually, I mean, I don't like doing, and I, yeah. I know a lot of people in government don't like taking Let, someone's property. Let's let's do this. Let's squeeze in one more call before the break. Let's go to Bob and Elma. Bob, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Yeah, yeah, thanks uh, for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I have a question and just a little comment is uh the 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 woman from the environmental group had mentioned that uh uh we cannot put the corporate officers in jail yes is is there is there end goal to be able to put these people in jail and um to the guy that's riding the bicycle he's concerned about his his health Mm -hmm. and he said that was an ironic uh, situation i said that was ironic yeah, my, my question is this: Is where's your sweet spot? I mean, mm-hmm. the advent of petrochemicals, we uh, have advanced a lot of things in medicine and the quality of life with electricity. How do you propose to square that circle? Uh, yeah. You know, I keep on hearing that everybody wants to get rid of the stuff. Yeah. Hey, no. You want to go back to windmills in darkness? <laughs> uh, hey. But where's your sweet spot, Bob? Bob, that's that's an excellent question. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you loose. I appreciate that. Actually, we're gonna take your answer, uh, get your answer after the break because we're late for a break. However, that does bring up. I mean, Bob highlights it. It's the tension between uh, energy and jobs versus the environment. You know, Mm -hmm. you you know, and he puts it succinctly. He says, "Where's your sweet spot?" You know, I mean, there's gotta you can't go all environment or all and get rid of all the jobs or all jobs and get rid of the environment. You know, have a it's the dilemma. it, it is the dilemma, yeah. and that's an excellent question. We'll address that after the break, and we'll take more calls. 803-0930, the number to call. 803-0930. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here. We'll try to squeeze in another call or two before the top of the or before the top of the hour, and we move on to a different topic. 803-0930, the number to call. Uh, uh, Bill Conrad, you have a clarification you wanted Absol- to make absolutely. on the town of Tonawanda's eminent domain policy. Well, it, we're uh, one of the things that sometimes confuses. We're not looking to take over the whole entire site. We're looking uh, to seek a temporary easement using eminent domain on the water uh, intakes and on the water lines only. So you just want their water lines. That's you don't it. want the rest of the mess. Yeah, we want to protect. Wait, wait, which is a good question because if you took over the whole plant, you'd have yeah, a you'd have a brownfield on your hand that yeah. might be kind of costly to clean and, up. And to be perfectly honest, we'd prefer not to do it at all. We'd just like energy to work with us. Um, uh, Emily, uh, Rebecca, let's get back to the caller. The caller was talking about that tension between environment and uh, and, and and jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we our position is that this is a false choice. Um, you know, I think 
uh, we we are fighting for and we are advocating for um, both uh, corporations to be held in full accountability with our current laws and also for corporate CEOs and board members to place uh, the health and safety and economic viability of workers and communities over their personal profits. Yeah, you, you, you know, you call it a false choice, but for I would imagine for some of the workers it's uh, who, who may be listening to the program, it's kind of a real choice because, uh, you know, although you are calling for the judge to levy fines and any fines to help pay the workers for retraining and everything, that's still, you know, that's still their livelihood and there's no guarantees. In I fact, think, we go ahead. I uh, think that uh, the, uh, the corporations also like have a really clear choice between whether or not they're going to stay in this energy economy of the past or they're going to move into the future because we're building what we're advocating and I think um, really need is for a clean energy economy. So to build that, there's infrastructure, there's maintenance, there's you know administrative jobs. There's a whole slew of new work that is available it, that like is sure. On but the if table. you're approaching this from the perspective of Tanawanda Coke, they've got that infrastructure there for the old economy. They've got an investment, sunk costs to 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 transform themselves into something else. Probably isn't economically possible. But you teach economics, sure. Bill, in, uh, at Ken West. You know, it's something that you do incrementally, and it looks like they've decided not to do that at all. You know, it looks like Mm -hmm. from what we're hearing from, uh, you said, workers and other people, that there's there's a lot of things that they could be doing in the past that they haven't. Speaking of workers, we have a... uh uh, someone who claims to be a former worker uh, uh, texting in. He says, I worked at Tonawanda Coke last spring for about a month. Owner refuses to put any money back into the plant. Coke ovens are all broke, spew thick yellow smoke out of the top of them without going through any emissions filters. When I asked about it, I was told to mind my own business. This is just someone texting in. Have you heard from workers who you can confirm are actual workers? Pretty consistent. You know, in looking back at the 2013-2014 court case, the majority of the state's uh, witnesses were all former employees of the plant. And so, again, when we say this is a false choice, it's a false choice, right? We don't have to be at odds. We don't have to have these tensions. Um, you know, I think the the shift is really the CEOs and board members' decisions that need to shift. Um, you know, instead of investing in millions of dollars giving money to put your number your name on a building like what Paul Saffron did to Damon College he has a whole building named after him and a lot instead of, of uh, political contributions correct well. yeah he you could know, have been putting let's, that let's, uh, he could have been putting that be money careful back about, uh, into names the names on actual, buildings at colleges we're looking for a few of them plant. at Canisius in fact uh, uh, I'm not I'm not here on behalf is of Paul, Canisius College but if you'd like a building named after you Bill Paul Conrad <laughs> we'd be glad we've got we got a building for you okay I appreciate it <laughs> but I mean these are the decisions right and um you know, you can consider my organization. I, I run a corporation. I have I have an LLC, right? We, we're a nonprofit. I have a board of directors I need to respond to. And and I make decisions every day uh, on whether or not I'm prioritizing my workers, my staff, my team, um, if we're, not, we're investing in, in the infrastructure that supports our institution. And I think, you know, obviously that's a small scale, but business owners do this all the time. And I think um, instead of pitting workers and environmental or residents against each other, we really need to look at where, where these decisions are made in the first place. And it's made by CEOs and it's made by board of directors and multinational and national corporations. But, but you know, it, it, it gets me, uh, because I've had some involvement, I've had a lot of involvement your, with your organization over the last few years. I'm, I'm very impressed with it. And you know, I'm very supportive of what you do. Uh, but a lot of your support comes from, uh, and a lot of your members are, are, come from the organized labor. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you have an excellent uh, relationship with folks in organized labor. We were talking to Dick Lipsitz uh, last week on the show. He was my co-host, and he may be back, by the way. I appreciate um, that. Yes. Uh, but uh, he was, uh, he, he, you know, I mean, and, and it, it gets me that, uh, and we, we had a call from, uh, I think it was Jim Briggs of the mm-hmm. Steelworkers mm-hmm. last week. And I asked him, because he has some people in Tonawanda Coke, and I said, you know, are you looking to shut it down? And he said, yes. I said, well, don't you have some workers there? Right. And he said, well, you know, we're more worried about their health, and we'll, we'll take care of them. Right. Um, but there is this tension, even in, in, in an organization like Organized Labor, who supports your cause. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got, on the one hand, they're, you know, they're, they're pro-environment now. That's a new labor movement is, is that. But they also have workers who, many of them work in very dirty industries. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're that's right. what I wanted you to hear. You're right, but I think <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. You're right. Yes, I think I, wanted, uh, I think unless so, affirmation. so, but we we view that, and you know, and I really look to Richard Lipset's leadership in a lot of ways um, because I, I, you know, through conversations we've had with each other, this is again a false. It it's a false choice, and I think when we look at. Um, we can embrace tension and we can talk about tension without having to do you actually think, choose. Do you think, Judge, we got about a minute and a half left in this uh, this hour. Do you think Judge Scrutiny realizes it's a false, false choice? I think Judge Scrutiny is taking into account all of the facts. And I think he is very uh, intentional. He's an intentional judge. He does a lot of um, work ahead of time to actually know the case. Mm-hmm. And he knows this case. He ruled on it in 2014. So... Um, you know, I, I think he's trying to be deliberate, and he is fully aware of the implications that this ca- case has, not just locally, but nationally as he, well. He was, again, I, I was very impressed. I sat in in the courtroom last week, and, and again, w- w- the hearing is still 2 o'clock tomorrow. 2 o'clock tomorrow. Down at the federal uh, courthouse. Um, you plan to be there? Oh, we will be there. Emily, mm-hmm. you? I'll be there. Uh, have you sat in on many court cases? Were you in on the original one? Um, I was not part of the original one, but I brought my son in last week, and... Um, he he'll be in school tomorrow, but 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 I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating. Well, listen, um, Alan Harris is standing by across the way with the uh, with the uh, top of the news uh, top of the hour news. Uh, I want to thank my guests for this first hour from the Clean Air Coalition, Emily uh, Tarana, and uh, Executive Director Rebecca Newberry. Uh, Bill Conrad is uh, I guess he's going to stay another uh, another uh, segment. Uh, Bill is Tonawanda Councilman, Town of Tonawanda Councilman. He's also Ken West, social studies teacher. Uh, and when we come back, we'll be talking Supreme Court for the entire hour. We'll have Bob Klump in studio from Canisius College. Uh, he'll be uh, helping us uh, figure out what happened this week. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. T Mobile.com.